the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrup. A growing number of Republican senators are demanding a review of the Electoral College results. Eleven more GOP senators say they'll challenge the results of the Electoral College when Congress convenes in a joint session to formally tally up the vote. In a joint statement, the senators said, quote, Congress should immediately appoint an Electoral Commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency audit. The statement goes on to say, we intend to vote on January 6th to reject the electors from this disputed states as not regularly given and lawfully certified, unless and until that emergency 10-day audit is completed. Bob Agner reporting. The Senate wrapped up a rare New Year's Day session with Republicans rejecting President Trump's demand for $2,000 COVID-19 aid checks. They also overrode his veto of a sweeping defense bill. Meanwhile, the smaller 600 checks are already being mailed out to households. This is SRN News. Dan Proft is not surprised by the media anymore. So Hunter Biden's business is news after all. Who knew? Well, the New York Post did, and so did we and a few others. But in October, when the Post broke the story of an email, allegedly from Hunter Biden's laptop, referring to a meeting he'd arranged between his father and an executive from the Ukrainian energy company, Democrats and most of the press told Americans it was Russian disinformation. The story was banned on Twitter, but with the election over, presto, even CNN's Jake Tapper is a born-again bloodhound. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Whether you're listening from outside the Twin Cities or in AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Brian. For the weather today, it's going to be a high 27 with some freezing fog. We're looking to pay a year's worth of tuition for any student of any age through Salem Career Hub, helping create affordable online pathways from education to job. You can enter once a day between now and January 5th at am1280thepatriot.com. on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. The wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg, my blog for almost 19 years. In fact, uh, we're a month away from the 19th anniversary, 19th anniversary of me writing my blog, shotinthedark.info, every weekday. Uh, during, well, the week and sometimes on the weekends as well. I uh, hope you can join me there. It's uh, where this show started and it's where it continues sometimes after we get off the air. Uh, 651-289-4488 is the number to call or you can join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N Show. Uh, or on Parlor at uh, Mitchell P. Berg, two L's, one P, B-E-R-G. Or... For that matter, uh, you can join us on Facebook at uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network. We're there as well. But first and foremost, our phone call, 651-289-4488. Now, one of the great stereotypes of conservatives, at least as put forth to us by people on the left, is that we just don't like education. We can't stand teachers, which is news to me, because as I mentioned in the first hour, my mother's parents were both high school teachers. And my grandpa, by the way, was a great basketball coach. Uh, My sister is a teacher. And most importantly, my father uh, was probably one of the best teachers that ever walked in front of a chalkboard. (laughs) It was a while ago. They still had chalkboards in high schools back then. And so I grew up in a teacher's union household. And for a while there, I was supposed to become a teacher. I did not. But that's okay. Nothing against teachers. Uh, Until I started getting my own kids in school. And we'll come back to more of that later. But I am not alone. 
And in fact, I've heard from more than a few teachers over the years that things have gotten worse and worse. And with us to discuss this for the next uh, couple segments is a disgruntled Minnesota teacher who, as luck would have it, and which helps my memory quite a bit, goes by the social media handle Disgruntled Minnesota Teacher. Uh, Teach, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are alive and on the air. How are you doing today? Mitch, thank you for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure. Now, you are, are keeping your, your identity secret here, and so we'll, we'll just make sure people are aware of this. Normally, I don't do uh, anonymous guests or pseudonymous guests, but on the other hand, the way teachers' break rooms and school boards are going these days, I can't say as I blame you for, for keeping <laughs> under the weather here. Let's get a little background on you, uh, Teach. How long have you been in the business? Uh, well, you know, I can tell you I Essentially, I've been a part of education since the day I was born. I, a lot like you, I grew up in an education family. Uh, my dad was a teacher, then an administrator, became superintendent of schools. Um, when I graduated high school, went out and got into the real world, I met a beautiful young lady who ended up being an elementary school teacher. Um, and then after uh, however many life choices or whatever, I ended up becoming a teacher. Um, so I've been a part of education since the day I was born. I've been in the classroom myself, you know, you know, for the last five, six years. So I'm not a lifelong teacher right now. Uh, I spent some time in the real world, as I like to say. I'm using finger quotes as when I say real world. But I've been around education for my entire life. So, you, yeah, and, and as was I. In fact, it didn't occur to me that something might be amiss in American public education until, frankly, I had kids of my own in the school system. And then, well, I've written at great length about about how I lost that bit of state religion. We, we can talk about that later. But let's talk about you. You went from someone who grew up around the profession and who got into the profession and, and, and remain a teacher, as I understand it. What What was where did the, the the tide start to turn for you was it any particular episode or was it just tell us a little bit about how you became well well disgruntled well you know i if you if you rewind time right now and you talk to 18 year old me and say hey you're going to be a teacher when you're 35 40 years old i just i just slapped you in the face right, right. it wasn't even on my radar top 15 professions i was thinking about but you know i went out into the world and i, I decided i wanted to i was good with numbers so i decided i wanted to get into finance and banking and things like that and i got into some fairly lucrative careers and uh did very well and uh my wife and i moved around a little bit we're both minnesota born and bred and uh, we moved out of state for a while to teach for her to teach um and when we came back uh we joined a small community in southern minnesota and you know, there wasn't a ton for me to do, and sports has always been a part of my life. And so she said, why don't you talk to the coaches and see if you can help coach football, right? And I said, oh, absolutely. And I started getting involved in sports. I was coaching football and basketball, and I started to realize by talking to the kids of, well, oh, there's a disconnect here. Like, there's a huge disconnect of, of what you guys are telling me you're getting taught or what you're, what you're interpreting from your teachers or what you think is expected of you once you leave high school. I said, it just it started to just dig at me, and I said, I, I need to do something about this. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be a teacher. The best way I can affect these kids is if I get in the classroom and I share my experiences with them and I, and I, and I try to lead them down a path that I think is going to be beneficial and successful for them once they leave high school and go on to that next step. So I got into it from coaching and um, anybody that's ever coached before knows that you have a lot of candid conversations with kids. And like I said, through those really candid conversations, I was finding out there's, there's a disconnect and it was, it was in some instances, I don't want to say appalling, but it took me back. You know, I didn't think there was that much of a disconnect from what we were teaching the kids in the classroom to what they needed to succeed once they left it. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's, it's interesting to hear you put it that way. You, you came to teaching after uh, another career elsewhere. I, I'm used to people coming out of college age 21, 22, 23, uh, being all idealistic about being in the world of education for a while. And some of them even keep it for a good chunk of a career. It's, it's rarer that you find people who come to it after another career and, and, and have that idealism. Although I, I work in engineering in real life and I had an engineering manager who dropped out of the profession to become a teacher. And last I heard he dropped back into engineering. The idealism didn't carry him nearly far enough either. So, so okay, we, we, we have the basic timeline down here. 
but after you became, first of all, can we get into what subject or subjects you teach? I teach a high school business. Okay. So, but yeah, anything goes on in business. I teach personal finance, marketing, intro to business, that kind of stuff. So excellent. So, so I the thing that got me disgruntled. I mean, I got disgruntled about a lot of things myself as a, a disgruntled Minnesota education parent, as someone who who had his kids in the public school up until I don't know, seventh grade or so. When suddenly I realized, well, a, a gradual buildup of dissatisfaction culminated in me pulling my kids out of the public system and finding a charter system to go into. But among the many things that that bothered me, uh, it became to bother me more and more, were my father's experience, who, as I've mentioned early in the broadcast, I don't think he voted for a Republican since Ike. He may have finally voted for Doug Burgum in North Dakota this past election. I don't know for sure. But once he started talking about the teachers' union and the explosion of the number of administrators on his watch, the guy sounded like a Ron Paul supporter after a while there. Here, so so let, tell, the union will do that to you, bitch. But I'll tell, let's expand on that here. So the teachers' union itself is is one of the great forces of illiberalism in this very illiberal profession. What is it about the teachers' union that that all of us lay people need to know? Well, anybody that's followed me on Twitter for any amount of time absolutely knows my disdain for education in Minnesota, and especially for Denise Specht. And I, usually when I get into this discussion with people, so a lot of times it's people on the other side of the political aisle for me, so they, 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 the attack points are the same, right? When I say I can't stand education in Minnesota, what they stand for, I get attacked with, well, do you have any idea what unions did for you in this country? Well, absolutely I do, but Education Minnesota is not making sure i got to wear a hard hat in school so I don't die if a brick falls on me. Right. Right? Education Minnesota has played its role, and, they've, and unfortunately they're at the point now where they don't even try to hide it. They're yeah. a branch of the DFL in the state. Yeah. They really, really are. Yeah, and, 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 and I love to respond to people like that by saying, okay, yes, there was a time when being a teacher was a terrible profession, uh, terrible profession and, and school boards took really bizarre liberties with, with teachers' personal lives. I mean, they weren't allowed to marry, for crying out loud. Even into my grandparents' early years as teachers. So my response is always, okay, why can't we keep the good parts of the union and get rid of the bad parts? Like, I don't know, uh, like, like everything we've been seeing from the unions for the past 20 years. Right. And that's, and that's where a lot of the confusion comes in is people want to they tie in unions with what unions once were, right? And what, and what some unions still are in this country, where they're there for workers' rights, and they want to protect their, their workers. Education Minnesota is not doing that. Education Minnesota has become, uh, I don't know, almost a money it's, been, it's, be, it's become it's part of the racket. The it's become part of the racket. At one point, forty percent of the DFL Legislative Caucus were members of the teachers, or had been members of the teachers' union. And so, basically, you've got a union that's negotiating with its own management, and, and basically controls the purse strings in its own interest here, which is a textbook definition of a racket. I mean, if this was in the Absolutely. garbage industry, the FBI would be all over it. Especially when you look into where you know the where political donations from Education Minnesota are going. Oh yeah. I mean, we're paying them with their own money, which is also your taxpayer money, and then they're it's 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 almost yeah. Like I said, if I get talking too much on it, you're going to get censored by somebody in the radio. So I got to. Well, we have a we have a dump switch that's ready, but I do appreciate the forbearance here. So let's get into specifics. We know that the union, and we can go into more specifics on the union in a bit. But what has gotten to me, uh, besides just the the bloated administrations where uh, administrative staff, which when I was a kid and my father was a teacher, there were literally half a dozen administrators for the entire school district. And by the way, I grew up in a small town in, in rural North Dakota, actually a good-sized city by North Dakota standards. But it, it was you know maybe less than 10 administrators for a district right. with maybe 1,000 kids, 1,500 kids all over the place. Now, today, the number of administrators equals the number of teachers, and, they're, they're, and these are people who never set foot in a classroom and get paid ridiculously well in many, many, many cases. That's my father's big beef is that the administration has exploded. Exploded. Uh, yeah. And, and on top of the union, you've got the administration, which answers to its own union here, by the way. Uh, tell us a little bit about the travails that administration plays on, on teachers in the business. 
you know, one of the things that it strikes me with administration, and it's not just a boom in administration, because you're absolutely right. There's been a boom in administration and unnecessary administration, which is just unnecessary cost. But when we look at administrators in the public school system, and I've met some great administrators. Don't right. get me wrong. This isn't a knock on all administrators. There's some great ones out there. Right. But for the most part, when we move people up in the ranks of education, we're moving educators up into different positions in education, yep. right? And what I mean by that is if you take the greatest teacher on the planet, maybe has the world's best classroom management, loves the kids, kids love them, and you make them an administrator, well, they haven't shown the ability to be an administrator. In my opinion, administrator is the CEO of a company. Your principals and superintendents are the upper management, and they've never learned how to be managers of people. They've never learned how to truly hold someone accountable and, and yeah. manage a staff. So we're just moving educators up in the ranks of education. Honestly, there needs to be more diversity in our in – our, if we're going to have this many administrators, we better start bringing some people in from outside of education who can actually manage. Bingo. That's one, that of the, help us. that's one of the things. It's like the primary criterion for becoming a senior administrator is a Ph.D. in what? Education, which education. has nothing to do with – it's, it's – it's leaving aside the questions over whether it's an especially rigorous PhD. I mean, I don't have one. Who am I to complain? But it has right. nothing to do with managing people who aren't students, which is a whole other thing. By the way, we're talking with a disgruntled Minnesota teacher. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow or give us a call at 651-289-4488. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. I grew up Pope, which is even worse than being From poor to CEO, the incredible journey of Herman Cain. My American dream entailed working hard and making $20,000 a year. But I surpassed that goal and became a corporate CEO. The story of one man's amazing journey from a poor, undereducated family to the highest levels of corporate, social, and political America. I didn't have to be work ethic. I saw it firsthand. And it had a big impression on me. From poor to CEO, the amazing true story of the American dream that will inspire and motivate you and your family to live your best life. We'll all be able to say free at last. See the movie From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. Available at SalemNow.com. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com promo code FAMILY. Hi, this is Ryan with my three quotes. As you may already know, my company is the only free service of its kind that provides you with detailed competitive quotes on window, siding, and roofing installs from multiple local contractors after just one short meeting with me. I really wanted to thank all the Patriot listeners who worked with me to improve their homes this year. Some of you have already received big-name window quotes and saved thousands of dollars through my three quotes. I cannot stress enough to call me if you had a window bid that nearly gave you a heart attack. With the best pricing in the Twin Cities and zero pressure, we'll get that heart rate back to normal. For roofing, I can use satellite imaging and measurements to get you three competing quotes, whether it's storm damage or just an upgrade. Don't wait. Winter is the time to have me check it out, making sure we secure a spring installation date. Windows and siding, however, are installed all winter long, typically saving my clients even more money. So set an appointment today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. You don't need no education. 
1280, The Patriot, uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher be leading you on an extraordinary 10-day adventure through Israel, the Stand with Israel Tour, October 27th through November 5th. You can go through Galilee, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and more while receiving expert insight on the land, historic sites, luxury accommodations, fabulous food, and no meal like an Israeli meal, and safe transportation in this once-in-a-lifetime experience. Prager and Gallagher leading the trip and providing a conservative perspective on the incredible land of Israel. So... By the way, you can also learn about worry-free booking at am1280thepatriot.com. That's the Stand With Israel Tour. We are talking with a disgruntled Minnesota teacher who, by the way, goes by that very handle on Twitter at disgruntledmnteacher at Twitter, on Twitter. Uh, we'll just refer to him as Teach for right now. Teach, I, I will say, we've talked a bit about, about the people who are running school districts in Minnesota. I will say my one of the many straws that broke the camel's back with me as far as 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 the public school system went in Minnesota was well the first when the first junior high assistant principal insisted on being called a doctor. And and that was bad. But then we moved on to the situation where literally every junior high assistant principal I talked to insisted on being called doctor. And I thought, this is just too much. But, but, but then we went on to what the kids are actually being taught. And I, and, and I, I observed maybe 10, 15 years ago that my kids, and they, they confirmed this, my kids were being taught in social studies, which is a very important subject to me, were being taught oh, yeah. two subjects, slavery and the civil rights movement, both of which are very important. But not word one about the origins of the Constitution, what makes America, America much less special, and anything else throughout all of American history. Two subjects, count them two. And I have yet to have anyone contradict me on that outside of an IB program. But it sort of drew my attention to how little our kids are actually being taught. And this isn't necessarily the fault of teachers. I know a lot of good, very dedicated teachers who bust their humps, try to teach their kids something. But the curricula, I think it's fair to say, have been dumbed down just a tad. Your your perspective on this, Teach? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things that come into it with that when, when you talk about what your kids are getting taught. And that's sad. And I hear that I hear that a lot of my child is being taught this and only this. And sometimes that is very, very true. And a lot of times that is very, very true. And that goes on the teacher. I mean, that, that 100% goes on the teacher. I've never read a curriculum that doesn't expand on just about everything, you know, especially when we're talking about those two big topics. Yeah. Um, there's not a curriculum out there that I have read that that doesn't expand into, you know, the constitution and, you know, the bill of rights and things like that. I've sat in, I've sat in my student teaching. I sat in a social studies classroom and uh, I, luckily I was afraid I wasn't going to hear those things, but I did. Okay. But back to your other part of it, the curriculum, um, it goes to the curriculums and it also goes to Minnesota state standards. And if you really want to start getting into what your kids are learning or supposed to be learning, do some research, ladies and gentlemen, that, that might be listening into what Minnesota state standards are for each grade level. I don't want to say it's shocking, but some of it is going to make you slap yourself in the face and go, what? what? Example? Example, you know, I'll, I'll take it down all the way to third grade. Okay. You know, you take some of the things a third grader that the state of Minnesota claims a third grader should understand about indigenous populations and their existence and treatment in this state. Third grade, first of all, third grader can't comprehend that. Right. Second of all, is third grade really the time we start to introduce that kind of stuff? Yep. So it, it, it's, it's more than just, yeah, it all, it all falls onto the teacher and how they deliver that information. But, yep, and then we got to go back to the standards and the curriculum. How is it all aligned, and is it even making sense? Yeah. Fair enough. By the way, a uh, longtime friend of, of the broadcast, Flash, who's a longtime St. Paul teacher, says he can only recall one administrator who insists uh, on being called doctor. One too many, but fair enough. And and by the way, all in the interest of fairness, uh, I hear what you're saying about the not having ever seen that in a curriculum and it being on the teacher. And there's a few teachers I, I put nothing past here. So we got a few minutes here left, uh, Teach. You, you are out front as a disgruntled Minnesota teacher. Do you see a time, a situation, a circumstance where you as a teacher see yourself becoming regruntled? And how <laughs> widespread would you, from your catbird seat, say disgruntlement is in the teaching profession in Minnesota? Two separate questions. Um, I, 
when I, you know, disgruntled Minnesota teacher, that's, that's my, that's my Twitter handle. Right. In all honesty, I'm not that disgruntled. I, I, I love getting up, going to work every day. I love seeing my kids. I love the back and forth I get to have with them. It's just, you know, it's like with any profession, there's, there's things that are so out of our control that, uh, they make us slightly disgruntled. So I guess I'd say I'm a disgruntled Minnesota teacher on the weekends, Monday through Friday. I'm not disgruntled. So <laughs> don't worry. I, I'm not going anywhere. If, if, if anybody was curious about that. Um, well, what was the second question? Oh, sorry. the second was, I mean, you having qualified the level of your disgruntlement on the other hand, I do have to, I do know teachers in the profession who are conservatives and frequently less than frequently uh, completely open with uh, about it with their with their their fellow staffers they certainly not mm-hmm. they don't go talking about their politics in the faculty lounge uh, to the extent that to the to the extent that we've qualified what disgruntlement means in your case in particular, uh, how satisfied would you say the typical Minnesota teacher is with the current situation, administratively, curriculum wise, and so forth? I mean, is there is there is there a groundswell of discontent out there? You know, not. I'm going to go ahead and say that's that's probably district by district. Okay. You know, so much of this, you know, lands itself to, or lends itself to. How is your district performing? What kind of administrative support? What kind of parental support? Does your school board support you? You know, I could walk into three different districts right now and you can cut the tension with a knife in another one. And the other one, my goodness, everybody in Minnesota wants to apply to work at because of the great environment that's there. So there's so much of it that goes to that. And I I don't know how we fix that. Um, But that's so as far as a level of disgruntlement through teachers, I mean, I'm sure we all have the same, we're disgruntled about certain things, um, because we'd all like to do things our own way sometimes, but for the most part, it's so district by district, because every district is different, they all have their own issues, they all have their own strengths, so I don't don't even know how to answer that, honestly, that'd be a tough one to answer. Fair enough, now I'm going to throw this out, you may have no perspective on this, if so, that's perfectly fine, but much of the disgruntlement I have heard from teachers who... Admit to being disgruntled with the profession comes from teachers and a few school board members in districts where Pacific Consulting has gained a foothold. And of course, these are the people behind the no disciplining certain children in schools and so forth and these sorts of reforms. And by your reaction so far, I, I detect that there might be an opinion floating around out there. Uh, carry on, teach. <laughs> Go for it. Well, you know, we've allowed so many outside entities. And I know this kind of contradicts what I said about needing outside people to come in as, as almost management, but we've allowed so many outside entities to stick their fingers into education that uh, it, that might be, if, if you if to go back to that question of, is there a kind of a broad disgruntlement? That's what it is. I mean, okay. every, every staff development, every teacher has, we're getting told, okay, guys, now this is how we're going to. Uh, discipline kids because of this book that was a New York Times bestseller said uh-huh. this will control your classroom. <laughs> and, and every week the, the system is, seems like it's changing. You know, it's and the system does need to change. Don't get me wrong, right? But we keep changing, obviously in the wrong direction because what we're doing is not working. So, so yeah, so you've been. What we had about a minute and a half left here. Uh, teach a disgruntled MN teacher from Twitter. Uh, you, you talked about the number of outside entities, and of course, I caught myself by thinking, "Hey, wait, I'm not talking about an outside entity here. I'm talking about parents." Now, I pulled my kids out of the St. Paul Public Schools, put them in charter schools. I would do it again in first grade if I'd have had the option. Uh, but what can the ultimate outside entity, who should not be outside entities? Do if they if you're, if you're talking to disgruntled Minnesota parents of people in the public school system, and there are many of them these days, what do you tell them? Teach. Well, here's what I tell parents. I'll try to be quick. Number one, get yourself involved and have really really difficult conversations with your kids. Right? They, anybody with the teenagers, and I can only speak to high school kids. They are craving deep conversations with you as a parent. Because they want to understand why you're upset about what you're upset about or why you're mad every time the news comes on. So it, that same thing has got to roll over to school. Try to get those deep conversations as uncomfortable as they are and have those with your kids. Second, get involved as a parent. You know, take a week off of work, and I know that's not easy to say. Volunteer at your kid's school, but not in your kid's classrooms. Volunteer in the lunchroom. Volunteer as a para. Volunteer in the library when we get back to school, fingers crossed, uh-huh. and see how the day in the life of a teacher of a school actually really works. 
right? You might get some insight that you didn't really understand before. And that also, that makes you, now you're a little bit more of an advocate, but you're also somebody that the teachers can look at and say, okay, this person came in and at least was willing to try. So now I'm not going to meet them with the shield up saying, okay, here's another parent that wants to yell at me. This is somebody who wants to work with me. That's the biggest thing I can tell them. We're talking with disgruntled MN teacher from Twitter. That's at disgruntled MN teacher. I got to say, thank you so much for your time here today. This has been fantastic. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime here when you when you continue Absolutely. on your path of gruntleman upwards or downwards. <laughs> thank you so much. Back to enjoy your weekend. Happy New Year to you. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty. The Patriot. Go nowhere. The fun isn't even half over. Be right back. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. Staff Keaton. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hard to believe this. This 2021 is our 20th year on the air, and we are going to be celebrating all year long with a variety of on-air features, familiar voices, past and present, maybe even an event or two, but we don't want to spoil the surprise. Anyway, stay in touch by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. And thank you for 20 great years on the air. We cannot wait for 20 year more. So... You have no chance of being lonely because we are here for you as humans and as conservatives or whatever you are. Give us a call even if you're a progressive. We'd love to, well, frankly, change your mind. But even if we don't, we'd love to have the conversation here, which sounds so very old fashioned now that I think about it, the idea of reaching across the aisle to have a conversation that is not 
primarily driven by your own side's policy, which, by the way, was one of the things that was refreshing about the uh, discussion we just had for the last couple segments with a disgruntled Minnesota teacher. I, I obviously come at this with a, from the perspective of both a conservative and a charter school parent uh, and an enthusiastic one. Uh, and on the other hand, there was plenty of ground to be given and, and taken on both sides. So this is something that's almost a lost art. Kind of reminds me when we had... Uh, R.T. Ryback on the show. Gosh, must be close to 10 years ago. Uh, and it was a great time. One of the better interviews that Ed at the time and I had ever had uh, was uh, with, with Minneapolis Mayor R.T. Ryback. And uh, the, the idea that you can, at times, if you're lucky, reach across the aisle and have a productive conversation with people who are, are wired to do so. They do exist out there, which does in fact uh, take away from some of the, the, the people who can't have an enlightened discussion out there. And, and of course, they are always with us. And as the great American sort carries on, they're becoming more and more, uh, more and more prevalent out there. Uh, so let's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about them in just a moment here as well. Uh, in the interest, I don't want to kill the buzz of all that, that great uniting, not that, that, that uh, disgruntled teachers necessarily cross the aisle for me necessarily, but yeah, you know, we disagree on some things about, or I have to say, not even that we disagree, but you set me straight on a couple of things, or at least one important thing, and that's it's important. I mean, none of us knows everything, least of all me. Uh, at any rate, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight, the number to call. Let's go to Shoreview, Bob. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and you are on the air. Uh, yes, I have to push back on one thing that was said earlier on this program when a caller called in and spoke as if Derek Chauvin is already proven to be guilty. Um, I disagree with that strongly. Uh, number one, uh, George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe before they had him on the ground. But more than that, this is my reasoning. People, you know, they asked me, well, why? What a big coincidence. Why did that happen as soon as Derek Chauvin's knee was on Floyd's neck? Why did he have trouble breathing? And my answer is that it took the police about 30 minutes to process the scene there. And during that time, you know, he had just swallowed the fentanyl. This is what I'm assuming. And uh, it took 30 minutes for that to take effect. I don't. I don't think it's actually. I don't think it's actually that complicated. Actually, I think it's a much more uh, straightforward medical explanation. I, I get this, by the way, from a source of mine who is, uh, let's just say, a paramedic in Hennepin County with some knowledge of the case, and, and that is that when people are having a, a case of excited delirium, they their blood after a brief stretch of time they they're not because of the excited delirium they're not their cardiopulmonary system is not exchanging uh, oxygen into the blood very effectively it's good. they go what's called acidotic which by the way is uh, accelerated by drug abuse the fentanyl that was in his system i don't think there's any allegation that he swallowed any while he was or shot or smoked or whatever you do with fentanyl uh, any while he while the police were on the scene or just before he may have had some in the recent past he also allegedly had some methamphetamine in his system, uh, according to the the, the, uh, the autopsy. But the uh, the, auto- uh, the the autopsy did in fact show things symptoms that were consistent with blood acidosis that led to a cardiac arrest. Which takes us back to your point, uh, Bob. I don't know if you're on the line with us or not, Bob. But yeah. uh, and by the way, I, I'm not sure that this subject came up on this program here yet today. Maybe it was last week. But you're right. He, he is innocent until proven guilty. And quite frankly, I think the the uh, evidence from the autopsy shows that whatever you think about the restraint technique of kneeling on someone's neck, that the the death was caused by the excited delirium the blood acidosis leading to the cardiac arrest, which to which uh, to which George Floyd succumbed in the ambulance on on Portland Avenue on his way to the hospital. I think that's the the answer. I think that's what will likely come out in court. And I don't know, judging by recent events, will likely lead to another big round of riots here in the Twin Cities. Uh, Your your thoughts, Bob? Uh, Yes. Well, what about the pulmonary edema? That's when your lungs fill with a frothy fluid. That prevent you from breathing. 
after you take an overdose of fentanyl. And here again, I'm assuming that that white dot that they showed on video on court TV was the fentanyl that he swallowed and that he had done a year previously also to hide the drugs from the police. I'm assuming that. Joe, I don't know that. And in any case, I think the cardiac arrest trumps everything else. I don't know how recent the fentanyl or, for that matter, the uh, methamphetamine consumption had been. Uh, this will all come out at trial, and honestly, as I've said on this program many times in the past, I I think that the Attorney General's office, Keith Ellison, being, to the best of my knowledge, not especially adept, but highly politically motivated courtroom lawyer, overcharged the case. We've been through the elements of second-degree unintentional homicide in the past on this broadcast here, and knowing what we know, Knowing what we have been told as people who are not involved in the criminal justice system, there is virtually nothing about the situation that clicks with second degree unintentional homicide, which basically means you it's a murder that was committed in the carrying out of a different crime. In other words, you go in to rob a liquor store, your gun goes off and you kill someone by accident. Well, it might be considered manslaughter. Under normal circumstances, you accidentally kill someone or you're, you rob a bank and you're driving your getaway car over an old lady that was crossing the street. It was a killing that was committed in the furtherance of another crime. Now, manslaughter is when you inadvertently kill someone through depraved indifference. Minnesota law has an extra degree of severity beyond that when you're actively committing a crime and you didn't intend to kill someone, but you did. The question is, what is the crime, the felony-level crime, that Derek Chauvin and the other three officers were committing that would be one of the elements of secondary unintentional homicide? You smelling what I'm cooking, Keith Ellison? A reporter actually dared to ask Keith Ellison that very question, and our attorney general, (laughs) our attorney general replied, assault as if responding to a episode and using a tactic for restraining an uncompliant sus- subject that is approved or was approved at the time by Minneapolis Police Department policy can be called assault with a straight face. It cannot. <laughs> I mean, perhaps in the world of Keith Ellison, But under Minnesota law, I'm finding that the chances of Keith Ellison, I shouldn't say that. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. I'm not an attorney of any kind, least of all a criminal defense attorney or a prosecuting attorney. Who knows what exceptions or what case law lurks out there in in Minnesota case law? Because that's where that's the devil in which the details of all law lies, not the statute, least of all the Constitution, but in the case law that serves as precedent uh, for just about every kind of law you can imagine out there until eventually statute catches up with it. Law is riddled with this sort of thing, and I guess that's the sort of stuff that's going to make the, the, the four officers, defense attorneys, wealthy people by the time this whole thing is over. So we shall see. No, I, it wasn't on this program that anyone said that the four officers were already guilty. In fact, um, it's journalistic malfeasance to refer to anyone who uh, as, as guilty until they've had their trial, because having a public soapbox as we do. We don't want to influence anyone, including potential jurors. The uh, officers allegedly, uh, allegedly committed homicide of some degree or another or manslaughter of some degree or another against George Floyd. And they're innocent of those allegations until they are proven guilty in a court of law. That's how it's supposed to be done. There's no telling that to some elements of the Minnesota media, but we'll do what we can. At any rate, 651-289-4488. Let's take a quick break. One more segment to go. Ergo, the fun has barely begun on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
1280 The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Our culture continues to struggle to find its footing. Heritage Christian Academy's footing remains secure. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of all they do. See how a Bible-based academic education can support the values and teachings of your Christian home. Attend Prospective Family Information Night, January 12th at 7 p.m. Staff will be on hand for information, to answer questions, and conduct tours in a safe, no-contact environment. Space is limited. RSVP at heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our New Year's special. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Disappointed in your commercial cleaning? Are they continually late and just not getting it clean the way that you would like? Look no further than Eli's Cleaning, your source for professional cleaning for office and medical buildings, schools, restaurants, nursing homes, apartment buildings, and turnovers. Get prompt, detailed cleaning with Eli's Cleaning. Great cleaning and done in a timely manner. For free estimates, call 855-670-ELIS. That's E-L-I-S. Again, 855-670-ELIS. Or go to Eli'sCleaningServices.com. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. Don't forget Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow from 1 to 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. King Banyan next Saturday morning from 9 to 11, his usual time, on our sister station, here weekly in Dose of Economic Thunder, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. That's us. Hey, don't forget, uh, we've got so many sister stations around here. Of course, we've got 980, The Believer, upstairs, uh, AM 1440, The Businessman, up, or at, uh, up there at 1440. And, of course, our new super special sister station, uh, AM 1570. That's Freedom 1570. We get meaningful conversation. We know it's important. That's why you can listen to the 1570 every day. Uh, you're going to love them. You can tune in and hear the right perspective on today's news and hot topics, including Dana Lash, uh, the early show of Mark Levin, and, of course, Ben Shapiro, which I actually get a chance to listen to once at a time. He's on for, I think, what, three to five over on his sister station, the 1570. Uh, so, I mean, I'll have, I'll have Sebastian Gorka going on on one set of speakers and Ben Shapiro on the other. And that just makes for the perfect conservative uh, welter of morass of, of thoughts ping-ponging around me, like, a, like, I'm, like I'm walking through a conservative rhetorical tornado. It's, it's a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. 651-289-4488. If I have a theme for this last four years, uh, some of you will know this from having listened to my show for some time here right now, but one of the, the things that I've, I've been coming back to over time for, for four years now, since I first discovered this article and, and, and tied it to politics, was an article 
some of you can probably recite it from memory, uh, by a woman named Shahida Arabi entitled 20 Diversion Tactics Highly Manipulative Narcissists, Sociopaths, and Psychopaths Use to Silence You. And as I've been pointing it out, this, this so completely sums up not only the way a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath abuses people in their personal and business and romantic relationships, but it shows how the same types of people abuse half of the population in a political relationship. Now, I'll just preface this by saying there's a whole lot of people who have been cheapening, demeaning, degrading, uh, making the term worthless, uh, the term narcissist worthless by applying it to President Trump. Now, you could look at President Trump's record and say, yeah, he has some of these characteristics, uh, certainly, he enjoys not just winning, but humiliating his opponent. That's I don't know if that's narcissists, narcissism so much as being a jerk who really loves to compete. And I can say that. I'm a Trump skeptic. I've not never really much cared for Donald Trump's personality, at least the downside of his public personality. It does not mesh with me well. Has not for 35 years now. And I can say that while acknowledging the fact that he was a much better president than anybody, especially his detractors on the right, expected him to be. And in fact, if he'd have just known how to shut up and focus himself on Twitter, we wouldn't be having this electoral college fracas going on right now. He would have won free and clear uh, election. Well, yes, I do believe he had some. As we discussed uh, two weeks ago on the broadcast here, uh, much of what he he faced a certain amount of fraud and an awful lot of things baked into our election system that make fraud, frankly, irrelevant. The worst fraud is perfectly illegal and above board. We talked about it last week. We will no doubt do it again. But let's talk about what the other side is dumping on you, real America, vis-a-vis the COVID epidemic as we head into month 10 of locking down our economy, well, in Minnesota more so than most. I've been through the top 20 symptoms in light of many other issues in American politics over this past uh, four years now. Let's talk about it when it comes to COVID. One of the first and biggest and most galling symptoms of telling you that you're dealing with a narcissist is the phenomenon of gaslighting. Manipulative, uh, manipulative tactic can be described as different variations of three words, that didn't happen, or you imagined it, or are you crazy, or uh, telling you you didn't really experience what you experienced or do what you did. For example, uh, the way America's Karens, both personal and institutional, are saying, yeah, the red states are defying mask mandates. It's complete baked wind, of course. Americans as a whole, including in red states, voluntarily adopted masks at rates higher than any other country in the Western world. Forget about China. Forget about Taiwan, South Korea, the Western world. More than Scandinavia, more than Germany or France or Italy. They did it. It's in their interests to tell you, nah, you don't care much about about people. Or symptom number two, projection. Uh, when a person is chronically unwilling to see their own shortcomings uh, and uh, uses everything in their power to avoid being held accountable for them. Let's say I'm thinking about how the Democrats have been pushing Squiggy de Blasio and Fredo Cuomo's missteps, failings, and catastrophic malfeasance in handling this pandemic on the rest of the country. And, and by the way, with the able, uh, with the completely able connivance of the media, which has been enabling them uh, in every step of the way, nonsensical conversations from hell. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you start seeing some of these people who wouldn't know the business end of the scientific method start talking about how uh, symptomatic transmission is a real thing, and there's no such thing as immunity except through the virus uh, vaccine, maybe someday. I think that qualifies. The the term we use is word salad. And boy, listening to people on the left talking about their their uh, love of science while showing no evidence of knowledge of it certainly qualifies. Blanket statements and generalizations. Uh, what do you want to kill grandma? Deliberately misrepresenting your thoughts and feelings to the point of absurdity. The, the endless run of straw men 
that uh, suffice as communications from the other side, from America's Karens, uh, in, in regard to the subject. I'm thinking back to uh, all your screens, Rick Ellis, uh, earlier on in the broadcast, with all due respect to Mr. Uh, Ellis, is saying uh, people don't enforce and or refuse to cooperate the various uh, responses to uh, or, or people, or the worst one of all, hey, you must think business is more important than grandma staying alive. Here to say I, I do not. Uh, nitpicking and moving the goalposts. Hello, Governor Waltz, slowing the spread, flattening the curve, uh, going from 20, uh, 24,000, uh, what was it, 22,000 dead, best case by the middle of July and more likely in the 70,000 range, uh, to keeping things shut for the, until the indeterminate future and de- what, defeating the virus? Not how viruses work. That's that's your nitpicking and moving the goalposts. Oh, of course, can can be any more form a greater form of nitpicking than Keith Ellison bringing the full power of government to bear against bars and restaurants that try and keep themselves alive while completely ignoring the anti-fat in our midst. Changing the subject to avoid accountability, again, uh, covert and overt threats, again, that's Keith Ellison uh, to a T right there. Name calling, again, saying that you must want to be some kind of a grandma killer if you don't uh, support masking up uh, and keeping masks and shutting everybody out. Destructive conditioning. Boy, I don't know if there's any better example of that than what uh, what, what the state of Minnesota is doing with our school children these days basically conditioning them to be afraid of, of viruses floating through the air at them. Uh, smear campaigns and stalking, symptom number 11. Uh, boy, you smell what I'm cooking here, folks? If you, you, uh, you, you fight against uh, the government, they, the government will, will shut you down and, and drive you out of business. I mean, any better example of that than what Nancy Pelosi did to the hairdresser that she patronized and then said, ah, she trapped me. All right. Uh, that's a perfect example. Preemptive defense, uh, stalking, triangulation, bringing the opinion, uh, suggested threat of another person to the dynamic. The, the whole list of symptoms of clinical narcissism runs. I just got through half of them there and all but one or two of them apply in full to the way the state of Minnesota and the Democratic Farmer Labor Party is treating you, the citizen who wants to protect the vulnerable, but get the economy going again. This is not a respectful way to treat the people who elected you to office, ladies and gentlemen. (sighs) Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you all. God bless America. See you next week. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Warning. Warning, warning. 
Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. AM 1280, The Patriot. 